All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, February 7th of 2024. And looking ahead, we have a seven-game NBA main slate tonight. We have a three-game NHL main slate. PGA tees off early tomorrow morning. And we have an exciting new update in the SaberSim app. If you haven't been in the app yet, you will see that when you log in today. Our big update that we've been teasing for a little bit here finally went live this morning. So be sure to jump in the app and check it out. And then if you guys have any questions, drop them in the queue below. So for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I am one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Second, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. And if you're not in our Discord and want to get access to that channel, there is a link in the description of this video. You also get access to our similar channels, individual sport channels, and you get access to the rest of the SaberSim team here. So can't say enough good things about the Discord. But with that said, I'm uh, going to get the app pulled up here and jump right into questions. Uh, before I get started, I just want to remind you guys, I'm going to be saying this all week, is that next week, Office Hours is moving from 2 p.m. Eastern to 4 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. And we are adding a Saturday show. Saturdays are going to be at 11 a.m. Eastern starting this Saturday prior to the Super Bowl. So be on the lookout for those uh, that new show and that time change coming next week. But with that said, uh, looks like our first question here came in from Bill's Nut, and we are going to jump in. So uh, when you guys get into the app, you know, one of the main things you're going to see is that the slates will populate across the top here. So rather than just being in the My Slates tab, you're going to see them across the board. So if I have turbo, that's going to get added to the top. If I have the night slate, that's going to get added to the top. If I have Fandle, if I have Yahoo, if I have owner's box, you're going to see a list of slates across the top. And the great thing is that you can move them around. You know, I want to group all of my main slates together and then I want to group all of my turbos and then all of my nights. You can uh, shift them around as needed and with a browser like feel here. So just wanted to call that out. I'm sure we'll be talking more about the update. And first question here. I am trying a DFS sport I have never played before. I watched the tutorial on playing DFS NHL for 2023. In the video, Scott recommended playing a high number of uniques. How many uniques do you recommend playing in 20 or 150 max contests? Also, what is the highest max exposure to a goalie that is appropriate also, it was said that he doesn't like any stacks below a naked three. What size stacks should I be targeting and which should I be cutting if I want to narrow my stack exposure post build to make a to make more of a stand? Okay, so let's go over to hockey. We'll talk some general hockey strategy here. So first things first, right? One thing I like to do when I come into a slate is look at what the sliders are by default. What this will tell you is some of the components that go into lineup building here, right? So if I'm playing 150 max, you know, a larger field. So this is a three-game slate, so it's not super important. So correlation is kind of low here, but generally you're going to see higher correlation values in mm -hmm. NHL. And the reason for that is just because of like line stacking. So you come in here, 
You know, you see 0.4 correlation, 0.36, 0.36, 0.24. These are very, very high compared to a sport like NBA. So I think on a three-game slate, you're not going to see that as much. But when we get into, you know, the larger, you know, 10-game slates, et cetera, here, you're going to see correlation come up a lot. So stacking, very, very important in NHL. I do know people will use like at least one rule here that's like stack at least four players, you know, from the same line. And then they'll usually say like must be on the same even strength or power play line. So like this is like a pretty common rule that you'll see in NHL just to guarantee that you're getting some stacking component in your lineups. You could even put that down to three if it's like a smaller slate like this. You want to say, hey, I want to at least get at least three. We have this default rule, don't use skaters against opposing goalies. I think those are all fine. You know, as far as like what is the right mini unique number, you know, there, there really isn't one, right? It depends on your risk tolerance. It depends what you're trying to do, right? So the way that I like to decide how many mini uniques is the right number is I like my last lineup in my set to be about neutral sim ROI. So that's on the ultimate plan. You're not on the ultimate plan. What I would suggest is using Sabre score and not going beyond like 25 to 50% of the way into your pool. So, so two methods of this, right? So first off, you know, I set up a contest sim. I run my contest sim and then I'm going to wait for the lineups to be returned here. And then with, I'm going to sort by, uh, I'm going to pick my sorting method. So for the contest sims, we suggest risk adjusted ROI. And then I'm going to go to the last lineup in my set. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure I can see this SIM ROI number. Okay. So then now what I'm going to do is I'm going to start increasing it. And then I basically want to go as far as I can go until the last lineup in my set is negative SIM ROI. So at seven mini uniques, one, I don't have enough lineups. I only have 18 and I need 20, but two, my last lineup is negative 27.6% ROI. So I would raise it. So I would come up to six now the last lineup in my set is positive 25.9% SIM ROI. I would be happy with six, right? But this is my preference. Some people like to come in here and they like to use the, the exposures and the leverages. Like, hey, you know, in this case, we don't have anybody. We have one player over 35%. You know, generally hockey, you want to be pretty flat with your exposures. So I think that's fine. But maybe some people want to take a bigger stand. So maybe they're comfortable with five mini uniques because they get some more exposure to some players uh, in like the leverage column, right? So you can sort by leverage and see what your leverages look like. So there's there's no wrong or right answer. There's different ways to do it, but those are like my general recommendations on uh, on uniques here. I don't have a recommendation on, you know, what is the highest max exposure to a goalie? Because uh, really I don't see it in terms of that. I like to look at like, hey, you know, you can have a hundred percent exposure to a goalie, but if he's 90% owned, you know, you don't really have that much more than the field. So that's why I don't really like, uh, you know, measuring things by max exposure. I like measuring things by leverage. So, you know, when a player is, you know, 13% owned and you have a hundred percent of them, well, yeah, you know, you do have a lot of leverage on the field. So that means that the risk you're assuming is much higher. So think about it in terms of that, you know, I think it's fine to be like, two to three X the field on any given player, uh, depending on your risk tolerance. But I would say that, you know, use leverage, don't use max exposure and being like two to three X, the ownership projection is, is usually fine. Okay. Next question here from Henry. 
Question says, I'm trying to create one build for 20 and 150 max and another for three max and single entry. Highly recommended. Good job. I've noticed that sometimes the contest sims don't align. Do I need to finish one and then start the next? Can I run a sim on one tab and build on another at the same time? What are best practices? Second question, are there some contests to avoid even if you have bankroll as part of the profit plan? For example, a 118 entry, $3, three max that pays 35 to first. Okay, so let's start at the top here. Um, you said, I've noticed that sometimes the contest sims don't align. Do I need to finish one and then start the next? So, so say that, you know, you're, you're in one build workspace, right? And then within this workspace, I have a number of contest sims, right? I have like one, I already did another one. So let's say that I have four contests total, two for single entry and three max, two for 150 max. So what you can do is you can just leave all of them checked and then just run them. They're all going to run. And then when you come into your drop down here, they're all going to be available. So you'll have a Saber Sim ownership to match the first contest sim. You'll have an NHL 40K kick save and then a 40K energy line. So they should all run at the same time. And then all of the information should be available to you. And then you just use what you need. And then in your second build, you go, you do the same thing. And then you just use the ones that you need. And then you just, you know, leave the others there. The information is there, but you don't have to use it. So that is like best practice in my opinion. And then second part is, uh, can I run a SIM on one tab and build on another at the same time? Okay, so this is part of our update that went live earlier today. So if you are on the ultimate plan, okay, you can run a build on one tab. You can switch to a different slate and run a different build on a different slate. You cannot run two builds within the same slate at the same time. So say I click rebuild lineups. So I have this build one lineups running here. I cannot open up a build two and run a second set of lineups. But if I'm playing, you know, hockey on DraftKings and hockey on FanDuel, well, hey, I can go to a different slate and I can kick off a build in this different slate. So you can kick off one build at a time per slate if you're on the ultimate plan. And then if you are not on the ultimate plan, you have to wait for this build to finish before kicking off a build on a different slate. So that is the way that it works right now. Okay. Then the second part was, are there contests to avoid even if you have bankroll as part of the profit plan? Uh, good question. Honestly, the way that I like to do this, this is my personal preference. I don't know if anybody else does this or not, but uh, what I will do is I will look at what a contest pays to 10th place, and I will use that as my limit of dollars to enter. And it kind of goes back to our example yesterday, talking about like, hey, when you're already in the top, you know, 99.9 .9 percentile of a contest, and we're talking about, you know, 0.01% versus 0.015%, uh, the variance there is like really high. So it's it's kind of a crapshoot whether you finish like 10th or whether you finish first. So I just want to say like, hey, you know, if I can get one lineup in the top 10, that'll break me even for the contest. I don't want to have to have to get second place in order to break even. 
which is something you'll see on like contests on like owner's box where, you know, you can enter like 3% of the entry fees in a contest, but sometimes you need to get like a top three finish with one lineup to break even. So I just like to use like 10th place. So like, for example, I think like the 50 cent mini max for NBA on DraftKings is like, uh, it's 50 cents, 150 max. You could enter like up to $75. I think that 10th place pays like $30. So I usually only put like 60 entries in that and I'm, and I'm fine with that. So I do that like across the board. I just look at what 10th place pays. And sometimes they're like some smaller, like, Hey, there's a, you know, $3, 11 max on like the NBA turbo. Well, I, 10th place pays like $15. So I'll just put like five entries in it and be fine. So, um, I think it's fine to play the $3, three max that you're talking about. I don't know what first place pays, you know, if it only pays like $6, maybe you only put like two entries in it. Right. So th- that, that's something that I'm doing. I don't have anything that like really backs that up other than just like hearing smarter people than me talk about finishing position and variance. So that's just something I've taken away from that and that I use on a regular basis. All right. Next question here from Kenson. Question says on the post game build, where is the review slate icon at on the app? I am using my iPhone at the moment and having trouble finding it. Thanks. Okay. So there are two ways to do post contest review. And one of them is in the contest tab. This is our, you know, main way of doing it. Now it's our contest flashback tool. So if you go into any past slate here and you go to contests and you go to all contests, this will show you all of the contests uh, that we have in the app that we have information on. So if I want to go and open up, you know, the, uh, we'll do the large field, the, the 3k, you know, rainmaker. Well, then I can click on the contest. I can close the contest tab, open up the players tab, and then I can go to users, right? And I could see, you know, hey, who had the best lineup, uh, you know, based on in terms of sim ROI, right? And then I can come in here into this users tab and then see what's going on. So this is one way to do it. Another way to do it would be to go into a build that already has lineups. Uh, Let's see if, See if I can find one. Uh, Maybe Friday. I'm not seeing anything. Okay, so it looks like we might have lineups here. Okay, so for this like February 1st NBA slate, so this is an old build that I ran. Now, if you want to come in and look at just your pool of lineups, what I would suggest doing is coming in here this little like magnifying symbol with the money icon, this is our review mode. What this will do is it will isolate your 20 lineups from the other 500 in the pool. And then it will sort those 20 by highest scoring to lowest scoring. So then if I click this, what's going to happen is that I'm going to see which lineups in my pool graded out the best. So I could see that, Hey, uh, we we skipped the top 18 highest scoring lineups and we played the 19th highest scoring lineup in my set. And then we played the 40th highest scoring. And another way to check that would be to open up your pool here. And then this will show you all the lineups. So, so in this case, Hey, lineup 116 scored the highest out of my pool. So these are bills that were, you know, we're running super early in the day. We're just using these 
as examples, but that's how you would do it. And then before doing that, um, you know, your, your sorting metrics should save. So it should be the correct sorting metric, but just make sure you're on the sorting metric that you want. That way those ranks show up appropriately when you're going through your pool. Okay. So those are the two ways to review, uh, should be the same on both mobile and desktop. You just might have to find the icon. Like, I don't know exactly where this review mode icon is on mobile. It should be in a very similar position though. Okay. Next question here. And then we're going to jump over to the YouTube chat. Question. Is there a benefit to viewing contest Sims when a slate is over? I'm on the ultimate plan and tend to notice my highest actual score usually doesn't have a positive ROI or risk adjusted ROI. Uh, is there a benefit to viewing contest sims when a slate is over? So what I think is higher value is spending time in contest flashback and looking like, hey, am I submitting, you know, positive sim ROI sets of lineups? Because at that point, you're looking at a user level. So if you're playing you know, the $1.20 max, well, hey, we're not looking just at your at one lineup at a time. We're looking at your set of 20, and then we're comparing those lineups to the actual lineups in the contest rather than the field lineups, and we're comparing it to all of the lineups, right? So the field lineups have 10,000 field lineups, which is great, but the actual contest has, you know, 35,000 lineups. Well, in the post-contest sim, one, we're using the real lineups, not the projected lineups. And then two, we're using all 35,000 lineups. So the information just becomes more accurate. So I think that if you're going to spend any time after the fact looking, I think that you should be spending it in contest flashback and saying, hey, did I submit a positive SIM ROI portfolio of lineups when all the cards are turned over, when all the lineups can be seen, uh, when all of the actual you know ownership projections are out, et cetera. So that would be my recommendation. All right. Uh, Benny Hanna is here. What is up, Benny Hanna? Been a little bit. All right. Question from Brian. What is the best percentile use for sorting for upside? Uh, good question. You know, in my opinion, I like to use the 95th percentile. Uh, reason for that is because if you're going to use the 99th percentile, we're talking about an outcome that happens one out of 100 times. Well, if you're playing some 20 maxes, you know, uh, your your raw odds there aren't very high uh, in the first place. So, like, you'd have to play, you know, five 20 maxes, like, mathematically to, like, hopefully get one of those to achieve what it achieves. So, I think 95th is, is probably fine. You know, one in 20 outcome we're talking about here. And if you're playing, you know, multiple 20 maxes, you know, then that kind of works out. So, I think 95th is, is pretty good. You know, I would never go below 75th. And the reason for that is that only the top 20% of lineups in a contest are typically being paid, right? So we got to think about the cash line. The cash line is usually around the 20th percentile. So uh, you, you don't want to be optimizing for anything less than that because you might not even end up making money. So 85th, 95th, 99th, I think all those are fine. I tend to fall right in the middle and say 95th is my preferred, but uh, that could change for others. Ryan said, Hey, Andrew, do contest sims perform on Yahoo? Uh, yes, they do. I just think that we don't pull in contests. So you have to manually create it, right? So if I go over to Yahoo for tonight, 
there's a four game NBA main slate. Oh, I'm sorry. This is for the other day. Uh, let's go to tonight. So the seventh NBA Yahoo seven game main slate, you know, this will populate on my slate tab now. So if there are ownership projections, you can run contest sims like baseline as simple as it gets. If there's ownership projections, you can do it. Now you go to contests. So you're going to see that, you know, there is own, there is no all contest option here, right? So what you have to do is go into your contest sim settings and manually input this information, right? So put the contest size, calculate the percent of furs, calculate the entries paid. You can up the number of sims from 50,000 to 100,000. And then once you do that, the contest sim will be able to run. Okay, Benny Hanna said, they're sorted by sim risk-adjusted ROI. How do we know if we're submitting higher sim ROI lineups if we don't know until the contests are over? They seem to have positive ROI pre-lock. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of it, right? I mean, we're never going to know exactly what every lineup in the field is going to look like. That's why we're estimating the best we can. That's why we have a field, field lineups of 10,000. You know, when we started out, field lineups were 5,000. You know, now they're 10,000. For NFL Showdown, they're 20,000. Like, we, we know that, you know, the, the more field lineups we can project at the actual contest size is going to make that more and more accurate. So we're always working on improving that and growing it. It's just, you know, some of these things take time to, uh, to do. So we're, we're always trying to, you know, give you guys the best tools possible and make them as accurate as possible. But, you know, like I said, like when the cards are turned over, that is how you really know. The pre-contest sim is still good. The field lineups are back-tested. You know, we have our 13 different sets of field lineups from our back-testing, so very diverse. Uh, we try and be as accurate as we possibly can be, but in the post-contest sim, you're just going to have that, like, for sure you know, as opposed to pre, uh, it could fluctuate a little bit. Kenny said, how come when you run the contest sim, it doesn't show any percent anymore? ROI, risk adjusted ROI, win rate, cash rate, nothing is showing up. Uh, if you run a contest sim and the contest sim, you know, looks like it finishes, but the information doesn't populate. What I would suggest doing is just going into your contest sim settings and just deleting it. So say, you know, this kick save isn't finishing for whatever reason. Just go in and delete it and then just recreate it. You know, go back to contest or if you have an entries file, you can click your, your uh, save to my contest and then you can right click from this pop-up and then recreate the contest sim. So anytime it doesn't work, I would just delete the contest sim, recreate it, and then that should get it going. So give that a shot. Jassy said, can you see ROI on the standard plan? So ROI is a... Uh, sorting metric that only comes from the contest sims and the contest sims are only available on the ultimate plan. So what I would suggest doing is continuing to use Sabre score. So just in case anybody doesn't know or know, Sabre score was built using contest sims. What we did was we went and back tested lots of contests and we figured out, hey, which variables at which different weights returned the highest ROI over a big sample size. So that is what we used to do. So we always had that contest sim infrastructure, and then we ended up creating a contest sim tool. So Sabre score, the only difference is that it makes a lot more assumptions about which uh, values are good for which contest. So like 
you know, we are grouping all small slates, all contests within a hundred to one K entries, right. As opposed to being super specific about, Hey, you know, this is exactly how many entries are in this contest. This is the exact payout structure. So I'd like to describe Sabre score as the 80, 20 of contest Sims and contest Sims as you know, the, the, the entire thing, like the entire pie as specific as you can possibly get. So those are like the differences there, but I think Sabre score is still better than projected score or, you know, uh, mainly projected score is like probably the, the one that it gets compared to most often. Benny Hahn has said, if I want to impact the ROI, can I boost projections slash ownership? Uh, so differences in projections will change the ROIs for sure. Because when you make projection adjustments, those get accounted for in the contest sim. So if you want to do, uh, if you want to affect ownership, so simply coming into the app and adjusting the ownership projections will not affect the contest sim. So what adjusting ownership projections does is it affects Sabre score since ownership is a uh, variable here. And then it affects the sum ownership of the lineup. The contest sim is being run against the field lineups and the ownership projections are exposures from a from like a ownership build. So you can go into like the contest tab and then you can open up field lineups and then you open this up and then you're going to see that, hey, you know, these are the field lineups that create the ownership projections. And then if I come in here and look at the player exposures, you know, I see we have Adam Fox at 31.9% exposure in this ownership build. Well, hey, when I go into the app and sort by ownership, hey, that is Adam Fox's ownership projection. So we're running builds to create the ownership projections. And then those that that set of lineups is what is being used in the contest sim. So if you wanted to affect the field lineups, what you would have to do is create a custom field. And uh, I do walk through that in a YouTube video. So if we go over to the YouTube channel, just pulling this up real quick. And on the YouTube channel, if you go to playlists and you go to understanding contest sims and you go to using custom ownership with contest sims, this will teach you how to build a custom set of field lineups to use in your contest sim. So I'm just going to drop this in the chat in case anybody wants to apply that method, it's like a five minute video uh, walks through exactly how to do that. So I would watch that tutorial, but basically you're going to have to create a build with your custom ownership. And then you're going to have to create a second build that is your lineups. And then in this contest sim settings, when you go to your contest sim, instead of using Saber sim ownership, you're going to select build one, which is now your custom field. And then the lineups in build two are going to be contest simmed against the lineups in build one is like the short version of it. All right. Sonny said, what are the best settings for GPP 150 entries? So the best settings are going to be the defaults. Uh, so if you go like to basketball for tonight here, and then I go to my settings. So similarly to how we do back testing for Sabre score, we also do back testing for the slider settings. So 
you come in here, you know, are you playing a GPP? Are you playing a satellite? Right? So when I go from GPP to satellite, boom, the sliders change automatically. These are based on our back tested values. So if I'm playing 150 max, you know, 50 K entries, Hey, you know, the sliders go to two nine, but if I'm playing 150 max small field, hundred to 100, 1000 entries, Oh, you know, the sliders come down to one six. So I would just set up your uh, contest settings appropriately and let the sliders do what they do. Benny Hanna said, thank you. You are welcome. Happy to help. Uh, Chastity said, is there a plan to make a tutorial for new users that uses the new version of Saber Sim? Uh, yeah, good question. So we can definitely uh, get that updated. So our current intro video is in our help docs here. You can find it uh, by going to the right-hand menu. And I'll drop this in the chat as well. So this is our main intro video. You know, the update just got released today. So I'll just make a note here to uh, redo intro video. And we can get this updated. But thank you for the heads up there. All right. But with that said, uh, we are all caught up on questions in both the Discord and the YouTube chat. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this update. A lot of work went into it. We've been testing it for months now. And uh, we think it's really, really cool. We think it's going to streamline, you know, the building process, especially for people playing multiple sites, multiple slates, and being able to get things done quickly, which we know you need to do in DFS with, with news breaking so late. So uh, check it out, you know, give us some feedback. And then uh, just one last reminder before we get out of here that, you know, this show is moving to 4 p.m. Eastern Monday through Friday, starting next Monday after the Super Bowl. And we are adding a Saturday show at 11 a.m. Eastern. First one being this weekend before the Super Bowl. So be on the lookout for those. And then until tomorrow, everybody, take care. Good luck. I'll see you all. Thanks. Bye.